Yep, I said two or three minutes, and uh, just any words or thoughts or images um, that were coming there, just shout any out. I'm not putting up on a board, it's not that sort of thing, it's just to get us uh, thinking before we go on. Okay, well that's like a, a, a biblical example, okay? Sorry, Isaac and Abraham, okay. Something that's costly, right, yeah. Cost you, okay. Denying yourself, okay. Obedience, okay. Obedience and sacrifice, yeah. Time, yeah. I say not right or wrong answers, just what was what was coming out, getting us thinking. Hmm? Finance, pain. Putting people first. Okay. Putting people, putting others first, right? Anything else anyone wants to shout out? Giving. 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 Is that giving money or giving of ourselves? Yeah, giving. Sorry, Jane. The fatty calf. Right, yeah. Yeah. The fatty calf or the fatty calf from the... Uh, Prodigal son, as well. That was uh, offered, wasn't it, in celebration, actually. Yeah. Anything else? Fasting? Okay. Willing or unwilling heart? Willing or unwilling heart. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Can it be a sacrifice if you're made to do it? Or do you need to be... Uh, is it only re- really a sacrifice if you're willing uh, to do it? Yeah. To benefit others. To benefit others. Jesus was the first. Great, you're right, yeah. Yeah. Right. Jesus right at the heart of it uh, for us. The sacrifice and uh, uh, we're doing it in him. Okay. That was just to get us thinking around the subject. So, that's just to get us thinking around this uh, word of of sacrifice and what might come to our mind. Because for this session nine, and as we've been going through this awakening course, as I say, um, the last three or four particularly, you know, we are beginning to think, never dismissing the heart of what we're about in terms of our identity and everything flows from that. But the call of God in our lives and and the outworking of following Christ. Um, And tonight's subject, you know, sacrifice and service. Yeah, we are thinking about the fact that there can be a cost to being a Christian. It's not all plain sailing or as God calls us uh, to do things or be things, um, then, yeah, at times, that's going to mean it needs to be quite sacrificial as we serve. And that's what we're thinking about um, tonight. We had a bit of a brainstorm. Uh, It's genuinely an anonymous quote. I didn't make this one up, but I, I heard it on a sermon Sometimes, you know, the trouble with living sacrifices, and we'll come to that phase um, a bit. We're just going to work our way there. But that 
that very interesting phrase from uh, Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12 and verse 1, you know, offer yourselves as uh, living sacrifices. And that's, there's a particular word for that, isn't there? A living sacrifice. As, uh, where it's like a juxtaposition of uh, two things. Um, I can't quite remember the name of the word. I've got it written down, but it'll come back to me. It's a type of word. But you see, a sacrifice, often, certainly in Scripture, a sacrifice would be dead. But no, Paul is talking about us being living sacrifices. So, so not dead, fully alive, but what's the nature of the sacrifice then as we live for him? So, the trouble with living sacrifices is they keep jumping off the altar. Let's see how we do. To start with, um, just a reminder, not, not going to spend long here um, at all, because we could do, but we want to get on to other things. But just a reminder sort of of sacrifice in the Old Testament, uh, because, you know, we, um, the New Testament draws so much on Old Testament uh, imagery and understanding, that was God's purposes, and also uh, we understand Christ through that. But sacrifice in the Old Testament, in Leviticus we have like the five sort of main offerings. Often in your Bible it'll have the word offering as opposed to, to sacrifice. Um, and there were there were five there, the burnt, the grain, the peace, the sin, and the guilt offerings. Uh, very briefly, you know, the burnt offering was quite a regular one that was often done with petition, because you were wanting to come to God and cry out to him about something, or thanksgiving, when there was a, a something good had happened, but it was a thanksgiving offering to the Lord, or linked in with vows that people made, or self-dedication, a burnt offering uh, would be given. The grain offering, um, most of the commentators you know, didn't have like a distinctive purpose, it was often accompanying either a burnt offering or a peace offering. It was like a, a little bit extra, um, or sometimes it might be, you know, if they couldn't afford uh, the animal, that, you know, a grain offering could be made uh, in its place. But it was sort of mirroring what it went with, not sort of a specific purpose. Then the peace offering, uh, which was linked into, um, as the word says it, sometimes in your Bibles will be called fellowship offering, um, peace with God, uh, restoring covenant relationship in a communion meal. But that idea of um, relationship, restored relationship and fellowship. And then the sin and guilt offerings, as, as their words um, denote, um, much more to um, when individuals or communities had known that they had particularly turned away from the Lord, had sinned, what have you, there were both the sin and the guilt offerings for atonement. Uh, the people would be making, obviously, on the Day of Atonement, that was the, the great high priest who would go in and make atonement on behalf of uh, all the people into the Holy of Holies. But the underlying thought there really with, with all of them in one way or another, is like restoring 
or affirming relationship. Obviously, broken by sin or affirming relationship in terms of vows, peace offerings, uh, thanksgiving or what have you. But that, that's at the heart of it. It was, it was God's way uh, that he was using. It's not perfect. And then we have as well, of course, in the sacrifice, the altar, the two main uh, things of the, the Day of Atonement and the Passover feast as well, which of course was a, was a sacrifice. Um, and the Lord passed over and that sign of protection and it was leading to freedom, you know, into the promise. I'm not going to teach you, um, you know, what you know there, but clearly they are, um, major uh, festivals or days that involve uh, sacrifice. It's all building to Christ. Sacrifice in the Old Testament, as some of you were mentioning, um, you know, there was sacrifice as people fasted. We're going through Nehemiah at the moment. We'll find a number of times there that there's going to be days of fasting, uh, which is sacrificial. Fasting and vows, particular vows that were taken a Nazarite vow, but for certain vows that were saying, yeah, um, I'm taking this on before the Lord. This is a discipline um, to show my um, obedience, my commitment to the Lord. And then as well, as, as people were mentioning in, through this word, of course, sacrifice and offering links into the free will offerings and the tithes uh, that people were giving. Uh, that required a certain amount of sacrifice. So that's very brief. But if you like, we're building, of course, to, to Christ, his one perfect sacrifice, the work of the cross. Uh, and, you know, and as Hebrews reminds us, you know, it is a sacrifice once and for all. There is now no longer any need for um, certainly, uh, you know, the, the burnt grain piece in guilt offerings, if you like, uh, of sacrifice. But Christ is the one perfect sacrifice. Okay? He's the lamb uh, that was slain. And if you like, the fulfillment of those sacrifices, of the Passover, of the Day of Atonement at one meant find their culmination and their glory and their climax in God coming amongst us as the one perfect sacrifice. And linked into that, just a couple of thoughts here. Um, so Philippians 2, 5 to 11, which is that Paul's great hymn of praise. It's just, uh, um, I'm not going to read it all. And I know you will know it. Paul says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Attitude, yeah. That's going to link in to the sacrifice, if you like, that God calls us to do now. You know, which is not going out there and burning a lamb, but it's going to be linked into the attitude of our lives who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, 
even death on a cross. And one of the things I um, was spoken at a conference I was on recently was just relating to this verse. It was related to humility, but it was something I hadn't quite fully appreciated or it was brought out for me afresh, where he said, that, you know, the, the thrust of that, sometimes we sort of take it, oh, in spite of the fact that he was God, he humbled himself and made himself a servant. But the thought of it is much more in the Greek there, because he was God, because he was in very nature God, he humbled himself and showed himself in this way. It was out of the, if you like, the very essence and the heart of God, this act of sacrifice and generosity and love that led to the cross. And 2 Corinthians 5 um, reminds us that it was God was in Christ reconciling himself to the world. God was in Christ. It's the work of God. And it's, it's there, isn't it? That restoring of relationship. That's the work of the cross. This is our God. And in that context, where he's talking about what Christ has done, he who knew no sin became sin for us, in that context, he's talking about us having, you and I, having the ministry of reconciliation. That's why it's not all theory, because as we offer our lives as living sacrifices... It's going to be about showing, isn't it, the very nature of God in humility and service. As we offer ourselves as living sacrifices, it's going to be about the ministry of reconciliation. We're not Christ. We're not making the ultimate sacrifice. But his work in us will be that work whereby we can be ministers of reconciliation. which I quite like. It's quite exciting. So, we're doing that because I think just to have that, that bit of sort of understanding, there's a lot more that could be said there into that whole subject, of course. So, wanting to earth it a bit more now, what is the call to us now as Christians? If anyone would come after me, Jesus was saying this to his disciples, of course, um, before they fully knew who he was and all he would do, he must deny himself, she must deny herself, and take up his cross daily and follow me. And nowhere in the Gospels do we get that Jesus says following him is easy, is a cushy life. He paints the cost to people. If you read your Gospels, you'll find as he's heading up to Jerusalem, or as he's doing certain things, we find people are dropping away. Because they can't quite, can't quite follow this man at the moment. Mm. This is getting quite serious. This is getting quite demanding. Doesn't mean it isn't fulfilling. Doesn't mean it isn't joyful. 
doesn't mean we won't know a peace that the world cannot give. We will. But clearly, Jesus said, following me does involve a cost. There are costs involved. Therefore, coming to our verse in Romans there, this tremendous verse, which of course comes after um, eight chapters of Paul's deepest theology, and three chapters about uh, the place of Israel in God's redemptive plan as well, 9 to 11, 1 to 8, Paul's great sweep through the whole of, uh, you know, the fullness of man and, uh, you know, the the powerlessness of the law to save us, you know, leading us through to what Christ has done and the grace of Christ and the work of the Spirit. So we've got all of that huge he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship, your spiritual worship. You see? So we've got the sacrificial system that was linked into sort of... Uh, Temple worship, if you like. Now Paul is saying, your living sacrifices are your spiritual worship. Every part of your life. And it's a response. Our offering ourselves as living sacrifice is a response to God's mercy. It's not to put us right with God. It's a response to God's mercy. This is going back to our fundamental teaching, you know, in our early weeks. And to our identity. Uh, those great words from 1 Peter. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And those words are all about our identity in Christ as God's people. And so, when we think about sacrifice and service and Chris is going to uh, 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 develop how it really looks on the ground as we, we serve and as we understand that and our callings uh, from God but our sacrifice that Romans 12 one response if you like is not a requirement of the law we must make that clear but a response to grace and a, and a free response uh, to grace. What might it look like? Now here are just a, a few thoughts with a little bit of a, um, a word search into um, some of the times sacrifice is used 
aside from, you know, the, the altar sacrifices, you know, the temple sacrifice. Obviously, there's lots of those in Scripture, and there's quite a few referring to the work of Christ. But here is some where it's used in a different context, which is, if you like, putting it into practice using these words. One or two in Hebrews, of course, because Hebrews was, uh, you know, is big on, on the priesthood uh, and big on Christ, our high priest, and the, uh, the sacrifice of Christ. Um, but towards the end, uses that language um, to bring us some practical teaching. So here's just a few things just to uh, throw out. Hebrews 13 verse 15 says, through Jesus, therefore, as coming to what we said over here, uh, just uh, on our brainstorm, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. And if we've been Christians long enough, you know, we will know that sometimes... To praise God is a sacrifice, isn't it? When we don't feel like it. When we've had a really tough time. When things aren't working out. A sacrifice of faith doesn't mean, oh, let's laugh about something bad. It's not meaning that, of course. But it is saying um, there will be times when it'll be a sacrifice to praise God. To really thank him. To really honour him. But it's a lovely phrase, isn't it? To offer God a sacrifice of praise. We can do it through Jesus. We do it through the, through the lens of the cross, don't we? That's why we can offer a sacrifice of praise at all times. The fruit of lips that confess his name that's in the same verse. That's a sacrifice, isn't it? Again, as we see our TV screens, as we hear sometimes on our mission Sundays or what have you, for some people it's, it really is a costly sacrifice to confess Jesus in our world, in Muslim countries, in China for many years. But it can be a sacrifice to confess Jesus amongst your own family as well. Or with your work colleagues. Or when somebody asks you to do something that you know that you shouldn't. uh, And you have to say, I can't do that because I belong to Jesus. You might not put it in quite those words. But there is a sacrifice there of confessing Jesus. Ten of the uh, twelve apostles, if we take Matthias in as well, uh, who replaced Judas, you know, ten of those disciples, history will virtually tells us, you know, died before their time. They were martyred for following Christ, for confessing Jesus. So scripture tells us that's a sacrifice. The following verse. And do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. That's a bit more ordinary, isn't it? 
But it's true, scripture is saying. There'll be things we do when we do, just put ourselves out through an act of kindness, sharing with others that is a sacrifice that pleases God. This week, you and I, I'm sure, will be given opportunities to offer that sort of sacrifice. Quite ordinary, quite unseen, not necessarily a big deal, but maybe you just had to spend a little time there, or you had to be generous there, to do good and to share with others. That covers quite a lot, doesn't it? I've put of mercy works, mercy acts, if you like. Again, you know, I might, I might be going on about this a bit, you know, it, we're not saying we do these things so then God's pleased with us. I've got a tick in his book. That's, that's not the motivation. But because of the mercy of God, because of what he's done in your life and mine, we're wanting to say, God, help me daily in the simple things, the little things, to be a living sacrifice. And God, by his spirit, will, will show us and prompt us and help us. And sometimes we won't do it. Sometimes I won't do it. And I say, oh, I just can't be bothered. No, I'm not going to go that extra mile. And, and we don't. But sometimes God says, will you go that extra mile? Will you do that for me? And maybe we will. Philippians 4:18 um, links in again to uh, some of the things people were just flagging up when we had our brainstorm. Uh, and does tell us, yeah, that generous giving is a sacrifice. Uh, and giving, real giving, is a sacrifice. Let's be very clear that, you know, Bill Gates giving a million pounds to a charity is, is not a sacrifice, actually. It's not a sacrifice for him. It's very generous, and he's a very generous man. I'm not, not saying anything against him. He actually gives a lot more away about that. But actually, it's not, it's not the amounts, is it? It's, you know, it's what we have and what God may be calling us to. And actually, small amounts can be very sacrificial uh, as well. Uh, and sometimes we have those particular times where God says, yeah, I want you to give in that way. It's going to hurt you. It is going to hurt you, but it's going to bless others. And don't worry. Because, you know, you will be blessed in me. And um, Paul is giving thanks here, um, where he's, he's saying, Yes, it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Again and again. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. I am amply supplied, now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. He says, they have a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And, and I don't know about other churches here, because we've got two other churches represented here, 
But I do know, uh, you know, in this fellowship, and I'm sure it's true in your fellowships as well, there's a lot of unseen, fragrant offerings uh, that go about. And I commend you for that and bless you in that um, as you seek to do it before the Lord. Because certainly Paul is saying, you know, that is a sacrifice. That is an offering of generous giving. And he says, my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So they're quite sort of little practical things there. Don't forget Psalm 51 verse 17, which is a more spiritual thought, if you like. Um, they're not divorced, I mean, all the same, aren't they, really? But uh, where we learn the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. That's that's a sacrifice before God when we know our need of him when we have that humble attitude when we are saying Lord I'm nothing without you that's a sacrifice of God that, that pleases him as we recognize that we're not at the center of things he is a broken and contrite heart so, as I sort of come into land here, in this area of sacrifice, coming on to service, um, one of the things I, again, a number of years ago I was challenged by when somebody, somebody said it, maybe it was a preacher, maybe, maybe it wasn't, um, just said, you know, that for us as Christians, there is in one sense a laying down of our rights. They, they die at the cross, if you like. And our world is obsessed, isn't it, with rights. My rights. You know, the suing culture uh, and all sorts. We're, we're obsessed with our... Now, again, we mustn't miss here. There is an absolute place for, for human rights. Of course there is. Standing against oppression, maltreatment, the rights of children, all of that, of course. We're not saying that, but we can get sucked into thinking, hmm, I've got a right to do that, I've got a right to do that, I've got a right to do that. And there's less talk about responsibilities. And in Christ, you see, our allegiance is to him. And in one sense, our rights die uh, before Christ. Linking into some of the words we were hearing, you know, about you know, obedience to him and coming under his lordship, which is not burdensome. That's the important thing to say. It's an offering of our time, our place, our resources, our love before him because of what he's done for us. It's all in response to God's mercy. But yeah, there will be times when in following Christ he demands a sacrifice of our time. Not to the expense of caring for our family, 
You know, it's very easy to be a, a busy Christian obsessed with church meetings or this, that or the other. We're not into that. That's not good. But there will still be times when our time may need to be sacrificed. Our place. Some people really sacrifice the place where they will live for the cause of Christ, don't they? Hugh's just gone back to China, you know, under God's call. You know, Kate's been out there many years, uh, you know, or what have you. Under the call of God, into obedience to God. And that's a sacrifice. There won't be losers. You'll never a loser if you're in the will of God. Not at all. But being in the will of God, following Christ, may still mean sacrifice. Sometimes it, it, it's meant for some people the sacrifice of partners and remaining single for some people. And that may be a sacrifice that, that has come. That may not be a willing sacrifice, except that I'm not saying it's for everybody. I'm saying for some people, that's what God has placed on them. Our resources, as we say, I have all what you have given me, God, it's all yours. So, yeah, you've blessed me through it, but I'm able to bless others through it. And our love, which sometimes can be the, one of the hardest things to be generous with, which is why we come back to those early weeks of knowing ourselves as the beloved, knowing ourselves loved in Christ, period. Because until we, we deeply know that, it's harder to really share our love and the love of God uh, with others in a deep and sacrificial way. Always remember, it's my this sort of the final points. Jesus quoting Hosea 6 verse 6, I require mercy, not sacrifice. And he tells them to go and learn what that means. So we're not going into any depth now, but in brief, Perhaps one of the things Jesus was saying to the Pharisees, but to others as well, you and me even, he was saying, you know, beware the danger of religion that is all external and ritual over love. I require mercy, not sacrifice. The heart of this first part, and even as we come on, you know, to Chris's part, is not to say, you know, I'm going to serve, I'm going to sacrifice to make myself right with God. Get those brownie points. It's, I'm going to sacrifice and I'm going to serve because the love of God has so consumed me that yes, I want to serve Jesus and this is what he's calling me to do and be and live. What does the Lord require of you? That's offerings, you see. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Let's pray. Lord, as we think into this area of sacrifice and the cost of following you, we're reminded that it's always in the context of life in all its fullness. 
And you have come to bring to us life in all its fullness. And so, Lord, where you call us to serve, when we acknowledge that it is sacrificial, may we know in the midst of those times the fullness of your joy and your peace and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.